Welcome to Rebel Hour, a podcast chat with entrepreneurs who are rolling out brands that are empowering, inspiring, innovating, or causing a big stir. They aren't just doing things the same old way, they're doing it the rebel way. Hey, I'm Jennifer, host here of Rebel Hour and voice behind Lady Rebel Club. Let's dive in and meet this week's guest. Hey everyone, so today I am joined with the very lovely and inspiring Danielle Archer. Hello Danielle, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. Good. Well listen, why don't you kick things off just by telling us a little bit about yourself, however much you feel like going into um, business, things of this nature, and just to, I guess, you know, let us know a bit about you. Sure. Um, I am a licensed mental health therapist um, based out of Central Florida. I am licensed in a couple of different states, so I'm able to practice um, in random places throughout the country. Um, I'm also a consultant and coach, so I'm able to help people in different areas of their lives, um, depending on on what their issues are. So um, I got started as a therapist, oh geez, probably about 13 years ago. Mm. Um, When I was young, um, I remember when I was little, I was playing with my Barbies and my Barbies were like, one was like a therapist, you know, one was a therapist and like one was like a Barbie laying on the couch. Um, so I knew from, you know, a very young An early age, age. Wow. Yes. That I definitely wanted to help people. Um, and then when I was 16, um, my mother had passed away. She had cancer um, oh. and passed away. And I had gone to a bereavement group for teenagers um, through our local hospice. And after going um, through that process, it really solidified for me what I wanted to do um, with my life. So I really wanted to help other people um, the way that I had been helped. Mm-hmm. So over the years, I'm 45 now. So, um, you know, I've seen a lot of therapists on and off for the last, you know, 30 years. And, you know, each one's brought something a little bit different to my life, but they've also um, been a catalyst and inspired me to do to do the work that I do. Wow, and it's you know I find it always so interesting when to to see with all the different people that I speak with, you know, all the different ways and the level of impact that um, things in their life has, you know, in their life story and their life journey has on not just them as a person, but you know, on their business and what it is that they want to do, and and you know, it's so. And not necessarily in, you know, a, in, a, in a, a great way, obviously, but it's so ironic how from a little age, that's what you wanted to do. And then, you know, that was, you know, the help that you needed, you know, when, when your mom had passed. Um, but I find it really inspiring how you're able to kind of take all of that and really, you know, turn it and use it and direct it in a way to help others, you know, and I think, you know, our mental health is so important, you know, and as someone who has struggled pretty much most of my life, you know, with varying degrees of mental health, my son as well has, and yeah, you can't, when they say, you, you know, your health is your wealth, you know, that definitely applies to your mental health as well. And I don't think a lot of times that we, especially as entrepreneurs, because we're so busy, you know, we're busy enough, you know, as as often as women and moms and all of this kind of stuff, but as entrepreneurs on top of it, we're like, we have to do this and we have to do that, you know, and we just, by the time we actually stop, you know, I think everything kind of hits us like, you know, like it's almost like we run into a brick wall sometimes in order for us to stop and take a breath and reflect and take 
and take self-care you know would you would you find that a lot of women especially um i'm guessing maybe entrepreneurs would suffer from maybe lack of self-care and of being you know aware of their mental health or things of that nature absolutely i actually see it um i see it all the time with a lot of the women that i work with they're like in you know they're right around my age group um they all kind of come to me for the same thing it's they've reached a time in their life where they've they've spent the majority of their life <clears throat> as wife as mom um, as a business owner, as an employee or whatnot. Um, and they put all of these roles first, which is as women, it's what we do. And it doesn't mean we don't love being a wife or we don't love being a mom or anything like that. But because we have put so much effort and energy into those things, we get to a certain age and we go, well, wait a minute. Like, what about me? Like, I'm like, hold on. Hold on. Like, I'm, like I'm, bur I'm burned out. I'm tired. Um, you know, I'm not exercising. I'm not, you know, I don't have any interests or hobbies. I'll ask women like, you know, what do you do for self-care? And they go, I, I don't know. I, I don't do anything. Um, you yeah. know, as a mom, sometimes it's like, sometimes I pee by myself, yeah. um, you know, and depending on the age yes. of your kids, sometimes that's yes. too. like, you know, so you, you get it. Um, you know, my own therapist, even, you know, she had me doing, she wanted me to do 15 minutes of self-care a day. And I told her, I'm like, I don't have time for that. Um, so she started me with five minutes Wow! and I had to time it and report to her every day what I did. Oh my goodness. And minutes. even with you knowing how important it is, and that just goes, <laughs> that just goes to show you how, and you're very right. Um, you know, we do have all of these labels and these badges that we wear mm -hmm. and these roles that we have, which are fantastic. You know, don't get me wrong. Wouldn't trade, you know, any of mine for anything, but at the same time, it is learning to put our oxygen mask on first in some regards before, yes. you know, we're taking care of everybody else. And, you know, I don't think, and I, and I could be wrong here, right? Um, it's obviously not my, my field of expertise, but I found through my own journey that, you know, I was never shown as a kid. And again, especially maybe, mm -hmm. you know, in, for different ways, but, you know, in, in sort of having to fulfill this, female role if you will right um you know that you just kind of got on with things and you just did it and you didn't talk about this and you didn't talk about that and you know even when I had really severe anxiety as a kid you know it was very much like brushed under the rug and just shut up and get on with it and not that my you know my mom was very good um, um a single mom for most of my life she just didn't have the time or the, you know, or the insight really, you know, and that's just kind of how things were. I think, especially, you know, as well, it was just like, right. You just, you just got, you know, you drank out of the water hose. You did all these risky things, you know? <laughs> well, and, and it is, you know, you make a very good point. You know, a lot of times it's, it's a lot of times it's generational. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was lucky my, my, my parent, I wonderful, fantastic parents, um, you know, my dad got remarried, you know, about 25 years ago, my stepmother is fantastic. So I've had, you know, the great fortune of having wonderful support of loving parents, mm -hmm. but they didn't come from people who were kind and warm and loving and were able to show them, oh, this is how you address feelings and emotions and everything else. Mm -hmm. So at some point when we become aware of it, it's about breaking almost that generational um, misconceptions. 
Yeah. And then we also have different, you know, different cultural pieces where we are, where we're located in the world and what our cultural background is and what those norms are. Sometimes that dictates how we're, we're able to take care of ourselves and, and how much we're able to share with somebody else. Yeah. Because that, that can hold us back too, from being able to address, to being able to address our mental health. Mm-hmm. And then when you throw something on top of it, you know, when you have you know, a chronic illness, you have a neurodiversity, you have, you have something else yes. involved, you know, it's that's messy. a whole, <laughs> it, is, it is messy because yeah. it's a whole, it's a whole other piece. You're not just mm-hmm. dealing with quote unquote, normal depression, normal anxiety, because our, our brains and our bodies are processing things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's finding someone who, who knows what we're going through on that level physically or you know or mm-hmm. cognitively and finding somebody that that can plug that in with with the mental health and being able to be a partner in that because it isn't just as easy as oh, okay well we'll go do this exercise well you know if, if I if I've got you know a level of autism or if I've got a level of neurodiversity or ADHD I'm not going to sit and read like this worksheet yeah. and do extra I, I can't I can't do that mm-hmm. So finding someone that's able to fit your needs is really, is really, really important. Yeah. And you're definitely right. Cause I know when I, well, when I was in America and um, I was taken to see, you know, a, supposedly a specialist and, you know, and, and all these kind of different kinds of anxiety and all, and all that individual did was put me on Advan. Now mm-hmm. I, was, I was young at the time. I was early twenties yeah. and that's a heavy, I mean, they don't even use that drug anymore. I mean, it was, that was heavy stuff. And it was ironically, not through the help, their help, because he was completely useless. <laughs> he didn't help me at all in any way, um, except for give me drugs. And it was through the use of those heavy drugs that I went, this is shit. You know, mm-hmm. I can't, I, I can't live my life like a zombie that I actually learned. That was kind of the catalyst for me to say, right, I'm obviously just going to have to learn to do this myself. Um, and I actually started to learn how to self-manage, you know, my anxiety attacks. And they do have times where they peak, you know, in this and that, and, and it, do, it definitely ties in with, um, you know, what I have going on in my life and my illness and how I feel. And, you know, like if I've gone, when I was going through treatment and stuff, um, when I go through around, you know, I do feel a bit more anxious and think just because I'm not able to kind of contain everything as much and, you know, um, and be and have those kind of, I guess, blockers in place. So it, it wasn't really until my early 40s that, and you know, and back then it was just like, you have anxiety, yeah, take these drugs and, you know, be quiet about it. You're just, you know, you're just, you're just making a mountain out of a molehill and all of these kind of sayings, you know, that you used to hear, you know, and I remember at one stage, um, I, my, my great grandmother had passed and I, she wanted me to fly and while well, she was getting ready to pass and she wanted me to fly and see her. And I just couldn't get on the plane by myself and fly. And, you know, I was for years, my family was really waiting to get on that plane and fly, mm-hmm. you know, and they couldn't get them to understand. I just physically, like it was visceral. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it, you know. Um, uh, but I hadn't at that stage had any help, you know, with anything. It was just something that I was sort of dealing with myself. I didn't understand it myself. So how could I even communicate, you know, fully what was going on with people? And I think that that's, you know, having that understanding and, you know, and this is why I talk a lot about, you know, the aspect of hidden disabilities with Lady Rebel Club, because 
like I have anxiety with my neurodiversity, mm -hmm. right? I have GAD, I have uh, chronic uh, PTSD as well. So I have a shitload of, <laughs> a it's like an anxiety cocktail going on. Like, yep. you know, I, you would even have lots of fun with me. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but it's, it's, and even though I don't understand maybe all the nuances with all of it, obviously living with it, I've learned to understand a lot of it. And like I said, self-manage some of it. Um, and I've had therapists here and stuff, which were great, you know, in helping to even bring some of that to light and figure out you know, all the different avenues and kind of what's going on and what is that mix? Because it isn't often just one thing. Um, no. Do you find that a lot as well that there's? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's tough because just for, you know, normal, healthy people, whatever that's defined as, but <laughs> for normal, healthy people, um, you know, there's, there's a very big um, mind-body connection. So it's just like, you know, if you get nervous and you get butterflies in your stomach and you get a little sweaty and, you know, so that's our body, that's our body's physiological response to our emotions, mm -hmm. right? So it's just something that we all, that's something that we all naturally have. So when we're experiencing anxiety, we're experiencing depression, we're manifesting it with, with our, with our other senses, we're manifesting it with our physiological responses. Mm -hmm. So even though we make quote unquote, be safe what's happened is our brain has been triggered to respond to a particular stimuli and it, and it, and it kicks our body into, in, into motion. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So for people that are, um, so for people who are, who, are, who have chronic illnesses that, that also, that, that can look differently because our body mm -hmm. chemistry is all off. Right. Yeah. So not only we've, we're fighting a chronic illness, but we've got these cocktail of medications that we're on and in treatments that we're getting um, and how those affect us. So when I work with people, it's really about, it's really about um, the whole experience. So um, if you've ever played, you know, the board game Trivial Pursuit, you know, you've got the, you know, the round, you know, the yes, round pie, yeah. and then there's you know, <laughs> like seven, you know, seven topics and you get to each topic and you collect a piece of the pie. And then when everything is complete, you win. And our health is the same way. So when I'm working with someone, yes, my specialty is mental health. That's what I do. But we also touch upon your physical health, mm -hmm. your sleep, your nutrition, your self-care, you know, spirituality, all of those things, because yes. it's not just one piece of it. Mm -hmm. They all are interweaved. Don't they're they? all, they're yeah. all interweaved. Yeah. And especially when we, when we have these extra things, um, you know, that, that are tied into it, it, it it's that much, much more important, mm -hmm. you know? So when you're having a bad day and you're feeling, not feeling good physically, it is, it's about honoring your body and listening to your body. Yeah. Because if we don't, we're going to set off those other things and we're going to kick up our anxiety or kick up our depression. We're going to, mm -hmm. you know, feelings of, you know, shame and guilt and, and, um, low self-worth and low self-confidence and, you know, we question, I know for me, when I'm having a really like bad sick day, it's, you know, I'll, I'll just get in my head and be like, I can't do this. Like what makes me think that I can do this? What makes me think I can run a business and take care of the kids and be a good wife. And, you know, and, and I, and I sit and then I have to get myself out of it yeah. because I can't, I can't live there. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's okay to, to mourn it and, and feel like shit and be angry and be upset, but 
if we live in it, we're giving it, we're giving it power over us. Yeah. When we actually have power over it. Definitely. You know, and I think, oh my goodness. I mean, there's so much there that we could dive into (laughs) that you've just said, you know, and so much of that definitely resonates. Um, You know, I know with me, I've ironic, I think one of the things, and this is, I always say, I'm not superwoman or anything like that um, because I'm, you know, neurodivergent, but it's definitely has given me a lot of grit. And I feel that's one strength I have for sure, you know, received out of that. And, 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 and in a way I kind of sit back and I go, I wonder if, because people could go look at all this stuff you have going on and you're going through and how do you cope? And because I know when I was going through my first round of cancer treatment, like within six, it was about five or six months, my husband had his stroke um, at 42 uh, out of the blue, you know, two months after that, I got my diagnosis. And then uh, two months after that, I was going through my first round of treatment in the middle of COVID, you know, during the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. And my son was having really bad mental health issues at the time. So there was a lot, you know, happening. And I was smiling. <laughs> I was like, why are, why are you smiling? And I'm like, it could be worse. You know, it could be worse. There's always a way it could be worse, right? Um, but I just have always had that kind of grit that pulls me you know, like you said, it doesn't let me dwell, you know, um, I'll have a day where I go, gee, many Christmas is, you know, this completely sucks eggs, right? Mm. And of course, we all have that. And it's like you said, it's honoring that it's not see all this toxic positivity. Yay, cancer treatments, rainbows and unicorns, yeah, like, sugar, you know, not <laughs> no. there's nothing yeah. about it that's rainbows and unicorns, I can assure you. But at the same time, it doesn't mean we can't pull ourselves out of that. And um, like you were saying, you get lost. Otherwise, you know, you give, you give over. Um, it's not always easy. And sometimes if we don't have the strength to pull ourselves out, maybe we need help. You know, maybe we need help to have somebody, and whether it's from a family member, or a friend, you know, someone like you, because we can't, we can't live in that. Because not only does the, you know, the illness take over, you know, the anxiety takes over, but your world gets so small. You yes, know? it does. Um, and that's really what led me to see the, the therapist, you know, a few years ago, it's probably about five or six years ago now, but when I first started to see her and um, because I couldn't hardly leave the house, I wasn't mm-hmm. technically, you know, ergo, er, was it ergo? I never pronounced it correctly. <laughs> Arago, not ergophobic. What is it? Ah, agoraphobia. You know yes, yes. Yeah. But it was really hard. And like the whole boot was my Zach, my zombie apocalypse yep. kit, you know, and my bag was like this big. And it was just yep. like, where are we going? What's happening? Da, da, da. And I started to even have attacks. And I hadn't had attacks in years, like full fledged attacks, like going out. And my husband was like, right you know, nay, something's got to happen here. This is not you, you know, you need to go and speak to somebody. And that's really kind of what led to that. And it was great because it, as we were kind of talking pre <clears throat> sort of pre podcast yes. here, there was so much like my anxiety cocktail alone is such a mix of things that I couldn't sort it myself, you know, and it's very much like when you're trying to run your business or do certain things in your business yourself, you can't see the, you know, the woods for the, the trees for the woods or whatever, because it's, you're so insular in it. And I think when it comes to our, our self-care and our mental health and sometimes even our physical health, you know, and all those kinds of things, we're just so 
in the middle of everything that's going on in our life and even you know things from the past or you know our, our things we want to think about for the future that we can't see and deal with all of it um it's very necessary you know at times um to definitely have somebody like yourself step in to give us that big picture and to help you know figure out what those whatever that mix is is going on with you what's happening mm-hmm. so that they can help you but also so you can take that power back you know as you were saying and, and help yourself you know and, and that's the thing too and I, I feel I, at least in from my situation is you know people people truly want to help right so especially you know cancer it's you know it's they think you know hallmark movies and you know, people wasting away and everything else, because that's, that's how it's, that's how it's dramatized and portrayed on television. Um, so cancer is, cancer is a very scary word for a lot of people. And I find that I've found over the years that it's about being able to use your voice and whatever your illnesses or, you know, whatever your, your particular, you know, everybody's particular struggle is, it's, it's a matter of, Hey, listen, I, I know that you're, you know, you're saying this or you're doing this, but that's not really what I need. This is what I need. Um, and as people who, who struggle with an illness, it's like, okay, well, um, I don't want to seem like ungrateful or you know, the people are trying to offer me <laughs> yes. help, but I'm like, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I mean, I, my husband doesn't eat chicken and you mentioned, you know, your husband, I know I got diagnosed with cancer and I was getting ready to start my first chemotherapy and my husband had emergency open heart surgery. Um, so like two days later, um, so people were, and it was just very kind, you know, they did a, you know, food Mm -hmm. train and they were bringing food and it was like chicken, 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 and my husband (laughs) chicken. And I just, I, you know, and I didn't want to appear ungrateful, but I was like, we're not eating this. Like nobody's going to eat this, you know? And I just felt so bad, but over the years, you know, I've, I've come to go, well, like, I appreciate that, but like, I don't really need that. Like I need more of this yeah. and being able to educate people because people do truly care and they truly want to help. But because these topics become so, um, it's like death, like, oh, I don't want to talk about death. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like that's not, no, like, let's talk about it. Let's normalize it. Like, what's the big deal? Like, okay, I've got cancer, big whoop, like, Okay. Yeah. You know, if I'm having a bad day, I'll tell you I'm having a bad day. But mm-hmm. but it, it's about taking on that responsibility. I mean, we shouldn't have to educate the world, but at the same time, we shouldn't have to also live in silence. Yeah. You know, and, and, and box ourselves in somewhere. So, and it's tough too because you know, we all learn differently. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, when we're when we're working with a doctor, when we're working with a mental health professional, when we're working with somebody in our like our care team it's it's looking at from the perspective of how do I learn how do I communicate what's my personality style what's my lifestyle mm-hmm. you know those are things that I take I, for me I take into consideration working with someone because yeah I've, I've learned all this great stuff in grad school and everything but it does like it's not one size fits all yeah definitely and, and, and giving and empowering thing. my clients to, to mm-hmm. speak up and go listen Danielle you know what you gave me this to do but this is kind of stupid <laughs> all right, cool. Like, all right, let's try yes. something else. Yeah. Because I want people to be able to 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 practice using their voice and saying what mm-hmm. it is that they need and being able to express themselves when sometimes they're in an environment where they can't. 
Yes. And that's, oh my goodness. That's again, there's so much goodness in that. Um, you know, and I, I think for a lot of us, especially, um, you know, who, like you said, there's, there's, we all have our own things going on, right? Whatever your, your, th- your, your thing you have going on in your life, whether it's your health, your mental health, that you have a neurodiversity, it's family, friends, whatever, you know, is happening. It's being able to have that voice. And, you know, for so long, like I know, um, you know, even with myself, and I know a lot of people hear me talk because where I come from is from a place of my own lived experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And the, ex- the experiences that I've had with other people and seeing what they've gone through and, and some of their struggles and whatnot. And I mean, I know when we moved, started to move the consultancy online, cause we didn't do a lot of online marketing, you know, mm-hmm. when I got a coach to help me with, with, you know, a couple of different coaches to help with different things when I was coming online and they were shit, they were complete yep. shit because they were saying to me, don't be this way don't be yourself, don't wear your funky gloves, take the headgear off, stop wearing scarves, stop flailing your hands around everywhere, you know, <laughs> stop doing all the stuff that kind of makes you you, because nobody's going to, you know, even though you know your stuff and you're very good at what you do, nobody's going to want to work with you. And I was right. like, oh, okay, okay, you know, um, and that crushed me. And for like six months, then I just had to back off and not do anything. Um, and I was like, right, okay. And it was only kind of through the process of really, and ironically, I have a very loud voice for others, you know, um, and I'm a great advocate for other people, not always for myself, you know, right. for myself, I tend to kind of be like, oh, it's okay, walk all over me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been a hard, much harder process. And um, again, I think a lot of, a lot of probably listeners will identify with that because I think a lot of us, you know, are probably like that in, in many ways, but finding how trying to find that voice for myself and, and to say to people no that's okay I like my gloves I'll wear them thank you very much or to say yeah that advice doesn't really suit me I appreciate maybe that's been your experience with other clients or customers or whatever but that's not my experience or even telling people um like I, I actually had to say to people and they're love like lovely people in the mastermind I was in I was like just all I want to do is talk about work you know I don't yeah. need have empathy, yes, for my situation because it was in the middle of a treatment round, but I don't want to come on this call having people say to me, oh, we're so sorry. I, I don't need that. That's I need to focus on work when I'm on this call because this is a great distraction from all the other stuff, you know, that's going on. And it was great because they did, you know, they did listen. And then, you know, I really enjoyed the calls then, you know, that, that, that we had at that time. So you being able to help somebody and that's even just one thing, but being able to help somebody to find whether it's, you know, the confidence and, you know, the self, I guess, self-awareness as well. Um, you could probably articulate this a lot better than what I've done, but you're good, you're good. Voice, Listen, you're it's still it's, it's early here in Florida. So like, I know you're a little bit further on your day. It's still <laughs> early here. So you're, you're much, you're much better than I am right now. <laughs> but I think that by being able to find that voice for how you, live and like you said can can ask for help and can say no that's okay that's not helpful um and a lot of us with situations that are going on is so important not just in our life but in our business because once I started doing that and really started to build the business that suited me and my definition of success and my life and not oh I have to work it this way and I have to build a funnel that does this and I have to do all of this bs that things really started, you know, the 
just went not only went in a much better direction, but started, you know, really flourishing. Um, and I started flourishing within the business and, you know, love it and love working. I always loved being an entrepreneur, but I didn't love a lot of the direction that the business was going in before because it was, you know, I didn't have my voice inside the business and it wasn't being built for me. Right. And you being able to give that voice to people, I just see just again, from my own experience, the ramifications, you know, that that can have in so many positive ways and the impact that that can have in so many ways and the ripples that that can have. Um, That, yeah, it's so, it's so important. And I would just encourage anyone listening, you know, um, to just, and whether it's with Danielle and if it's, you know, uh, if it's not with Danielle, with somebody, you know, to reach out. If you don't feel like you have that voice, you don't feel like you have that power, um to let somebody help you because I can I can tell you again from my own experience it's life-changing it really is it is absolutely and I can help people um you know find somebody that that fits them Mm. you know I'm definitely not a one-size-fits-all and you know I want people to be comfortable with whoever that they're seeing um so but I'm also available to help people find the resources that Mm. they need to connect them with someone that's in their area um and and kind of serves their needs as well so and that's great as well that it's not all work with me or nothing yeah (laughs) because that's not you know if we're you know if we're here in service of others it's you know I think it has to be yeah I think we're we're very much on the same page in in that realm but it's been you're just you as a as a person I think you know are are fantastic you I think we have we both have you know that a bit of that sort of dare I say rebellious kind of sense of humor. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm so glad to you know that you're in my space and in my world. And, um, you know, I'm glad that I'm in yours as well, that we have that co-space together. And I know that I myself am really excited to see and read, I shouldn't say see necessarily, but read <laughs> your chapter in the book that you're doing with us. I know you're in the Becoming Unstoppable Woman series as well. And, you know, you always your chapters are you know um going to be fantastic in that series and I know with the the Lady Rebel Club one I can't wait because you just I think you I think you and your story and what you do with your the work that you do like I said it's so important and I think it'll be really it'll really touch you know other people and I think they'll find it really beneficial so I just want to thank you very much for taking the time to, to chat with me today um well, when I let for- you get a word in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's been great to have you. I mean, is there any, you know, if you had to leave one last thought or one sort of, you know, something to maybe inspire others or, or a great takeaway that they would, they could take and implement right now, what would, what would that be? You know, we talked, you know, briefly about um, the oxygen mask. And that's something that mm-hmm. I tell um, clients a lot is when you go on an airplane and they give the whole, you know, safety issue spiel, they say, you know, the mask, if we lose, you know, pressure in the cabin and the mask come down, you got to put your mask on first before you can help anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so many times we forget to do that. Well, let me just help them first. And then once they're settled, I'll be okay. But yeah, (laughs) but if there's no oxygen in the cabin, you're going to fall out before you can help anybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's like in life too. It's not selfish. And it's not, you're not being unkind and you're not demonstrating that you don't love somebody if you're putting yourself first. You can't, you can't give from an empty cup. 
Yeah, that's very true. So taking a little bit of time for yourself, you know, like I said, my therapist, give me five minutes. I mean, five minutes to 30 minutes, just for yourself a day, Mm -hmm. read a chapter of a book, go outside, drink coffee while it's still warm. If you're a parent, like drink coffee. Yeah, I know that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That is, you know, if you have Um, a whole entire cup of hot coffee. Yeah, just have a whole cup of coffee, whatever. (laughs) Um, It really is. It doesn't have to be. We, we think that changes have to be these big dramatic mm. sweeps and they don't That's just start awesome with something point. small, something manageable. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And once we feel that success and once we feel that, then we, we want more of it and we seek more of it and we learn how to incorporate it into our lives. Yeah. And that's, I think that is definitely a huge takeaway. Um, again, anybody listening um, or reading this post or anything, you know, that's a huge that's a huge thing to implement to know that you know like Danielle saying even if it's five minutes a day even if it's one minute if that's you know your window that you consciously say this is my time this is what I'm going to do and it does it just makes you feel also how do how I don't even know sort of how to phrase it but it just almost it it makes you feel just good and warm and fuzzy to know that I've got this even if it's a minute or five minutes or ten minutes you know, that's not, you know, that were you, with you locking the bathroom door going, I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about that. Right? Showering, <laughs> using the toilet. <laughs> you know, on your phone, like, count. you know, like set a reminder on your phone. <laughs> that doesn't, we're not including that time. All right. Any bodily <laughs> functions. Um, yeah. Okay. But I, hopefully everybody gets the point, but that's, I think that's a huge takeaway. And if you can implement that, I think that that will, you'll, you'll definitely see you know, an impact, um, as well and reach out to Danielle or anybody else, you know, um, again, she's willing to help you find somebody, you know, that will be a good, a good fit for you or somebody in your area. If she's not, um, she's a lovely individual. So, um, he's, he's very fun. So, and funny as well. So feel free to reach out to her anytime. I'll drop all of her information and notes and, and all of that good stuff in the podcast notes here. You can find them um, you can also be, you also find some of them, but hopefully in the social post, if you're already not there as well. So thanks very much. I really appreciate you being here again. Um, it's been Thank lovely you. to chat and I know we have so much stuff we're going to be working on in the future together. So yes. it's exciting. I'm Yay. excited. Yay. Well, thank you. Okay. Th- and thanks for listening, everybody.